Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for our Friday show for week 22. We're getting ready for the weekend here, March 17th of 2023. Uh, I'm your host, Karsten. Welcome back to the show or welcome to the show. If this is your first time listening, we really appreciate you. Um, For today's show, we're going to keep it pretty short as we have with most all of our Friday shows. We'll summarize last night's action. We'll give you the latest news and then we'll give you some, some game previews for this weekend's action. Uh, so really just kind of a primer for this weekend. Uh, we'll have some, as we're getting closer to the end of the season, we're now getting into playoff clinching type scenarios. Day to day, there's more and more updates on those. We have a few updates today, but um, especially this weekend, you know, it'll be exciting to watch these teams and see which teams are going to really make strong moves to strengthen playoff position, you know, try and make their way into the playoffs or the play-in, um, which teams get ousted, things like that. Uh, so along with our March Madness that's going on, which has already been, you know, certainly on par with past March Madness, uh, you know, tournaments, there's going to be a lot of great basketball to watch this weekend. Uh, so without any further ado, let's go ahead and get started. We have five games from last night's slate, not too many games, uh, but let's dive right into it. The Denver Nuggets big, uh, get back in the winning column uh, after a little bit of a, a struggle in recent games. They win in Detroit against the Pistons, 119 to 100. Uh, Nicole Jokic again leading the way in this one. Back and forth game, a little more close than you might think, but in the fourth quarter, the Nuggets pulled away with a big lead, uh, leading by as much as 22, winning by just slightly less than that. Uh, for the Pistons, very balanced scoring effort. Seven guys in double-figure scoring. Excuse me, the leading score being Rodney Magruder, of all people, with 20 points, eight rebounds, and three assists. Um Jalen Duran had a very strong game off the bench, 15 points, 13 rebounds, and three steals. Uh, again, coming off the bench in 27 minutes. Uh, James Wiseman, 14 points, nine rebounds uh, in uh, about 29 minutes. So those two sharing pretty even minutes. 14 points as well for Jaden Ivey. Uh, meanwhile, for the Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic, 30 points, 10 rebounds, nine assists, uh, doing the things you expect him to do. 20 points from Contavious Caldwell-Pope. 19 points, 10 assists for Jamal Murray, and 15 each for Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. And uh, those were the five starters for their five double-figure scorers. Again, Jokic, a strong game, and that gives the Nuggets the win in Detroit. Next, the Sacramento Kings uh, win in Brooklyn against the Nets, 101-96. to um, And it was pretty close to the first half up till the end of the second quarter the kings took a big lead going into halftime and uh, never really uh, lost that lead it was fairly close in the the fourth quarter for the both team for both of these teams but kings still come out on top in this one in brooklyn against the nets for the nets they were led by mikhail bridges in scoring yet again he had 23 points in this one uh four rebounds two assists they also had 18 points and seven assists from spencer dinwiddie 14 points each for Nick Claxton and Seth Curry. Claxton also added 14 rebounds and two blocks. So nice game for him. Meanwhile, for the Kings, Damana Sabonis, really uh, a forceful player in this game, as he has been much of the season. 24 points, 21 rebounds, and five assists, along with four blocks. Uh, great inside presence for them. Uh, continues to be a standout among all players in the NBA. Um particularly in that center position, one of the top five centers in the NBA this season. I think it's easy to say that. De'Aaron Fox, 18 points, six rebounds, five assists. 
Um, 12 points for Malik Monk off the bench. 11 points each for Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, and Trey Lyles. Unfortunately, unfortunately no points from Kevin Herter. He left uh, at about the six-minute mark uh, in this game. Uh, we, we do have an update on that in just a moment. Nothing ultra-severe, but definitely tough to, to lose him in this game. They still get the win, um, so credit to them. Next, the Toronto Raptors win at home against the visiting Oklahoma City Thunder, 128-111. to uh, and Pascal Siakam, the standout in this game, back and forth game, second half, the Raptors really took control and ended up getting the win for the Thunder. They were led by Shea Gilgis Alexander with 29 points, three rebounds, three assists, uh, 15 points for Jalen Williams. That's L E N Williams, uh, 12 each off the bench for Trey Mann and Isaiah Joe. Meanwhile, for the Raptors, Pascal Siakam, 25 points, 14 rebounds, eight assists, very uh, good all-round game. 23 points off the bench for Gary Trent Jr. Uh, 19 points each for Scotty Barnes, Fred Van Bleet. 17 points for OG Ananobi. And 16 points, 12 rebounds for Yaka Pertle. Those six guys all scoring uh, easily in double figures, leading this balanced Raptors effort uh, to get the win in, uh, in Toronto. Next, the Pacers, a bit of a surprise win here. They win on the road in Milwaukee against the Bucks, 139 to 123. And that actually ends a uh, 10-game losing streak they had against um, – let me double-check on that. Was that just against the, the Bucks in general, or was that their an overall losing streak? No, it wasn't overall. So that was – they had lost their previous 10 games against Milwaukee, but now they come out on top in this one. Uh, they're 6-4 and four in their last 10 games, so – they were not on a 10-game losing streak, but still a good win for them uh, in Milwaukee. Again, 139 to 123, that final score for you. And the Bucks led most of the game up until the end of the third quarter. Then the Pacers took the lead and never looked back from that lead. For the Bucks, uh, seven guys in double figures, the leading scorer being Giannis and Tenacupo, 25 points, nine rebounds, five assists. Um, fairly decent game, maybe just a touch under expectations. 19 points, 11 assists, 7 rebounds for Drew Holiday. Very nice all-around game for him. Uh, Joe Ingles and Myers Leonard, the double-figure scorers off the bench. Meanwhile, for the Pacers, they were even more balanced. Eight guys in double figures. Uh, leading scorer being Andrew Nemhard, starting in place of Tyrese Halberton with 24 points and 5 assists. 20 points for Buddy Heald. 22 points for Aaron Neesmith. And 19 points, 12 assists for TJ McConnell coming off the bench. Uh, very impressive win for the Pacers, and that definitely helps them in their push for their own, uh, you know, play-in hopes at this moment in the season. Uh, and finally, the Phoenix Suns get a good win at home against the Orlando Magic, 116-113, to 113, uh, aided by a key block at the end of the game by uh, Josh Okoge, uh, and that ends the Suns' recent three-game losing streak. Uh, back and forth game, no team. Uh, I mean, the Suns led by 12 at one point, but other than that, the game was always within 10 points, close affair. Uh, it was tied midway through the fourth quarter. Suns held on to small leads the rest of the way. Um, again, clutch play by Josh Okogie helps give them the victory for the Magic. They were led by Markel Fultz, 25 points, nine assists, seven rebounds, and two steals. Great all-round game for him. 18 points, 8 rebounds for the rookie, Paolo Bancaro. 16 points each for Wendell Carter Jr. and Franz Wagner. Wagner also had 10 rebounds. And off the bench, Cole Anthony added 17 points of his own. Of his own, excuse me. 
Meanwhile, for the Suns, uh, 19 points for Devin Booker, 16 each for Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton, 15 for Josh Okoge, and along with three steals and three blocks, he was defensively very active this whole game, including that key play at the end. And they also got 18 points off the bench from Cameron Payne. So kudos to the Suns for getting that win. Definitely helps them out as they try and stay in good playoff position while Kevin Durant is still recovering from that ankle injury. And that takes care. Oh, excuse me. Got the burps. That takes care of our uh, five game summary from last night's action. There's a couple points from those games uh, that kind of bleed over into our news. So let's go ahead and jump right into that. Firstly, updates on the NBA's playoff picture. Uh, with that win, the Nuggets win in Detroit against the Pistons. They've officially clinched the playoffs as well as the division win in their uh, Northwest division. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, that division includes the Utah Jazz, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Portland Trailblazers. So they've officially clinched that division uh, for the season. So congratulations to them. And uh, along with officially clinching the playoffs, they're still the number one seed in the Western Conference. They're the first team in the West to clinch a playoff spot officially. Um, but I'm sure we'll have some more updates on that within the, the next week or two as far as teams starting to cl- more teams starting to clinch play- playoff spots. Um, for the Clippers, we have some injury news. Uh, Norman Powell, it, their six-man stud, is going to be, quote, out a little bit longer. Uh, it's a small quote from an uh, interview with Tyron Lue, uh, you know, practice interview, post-game interview, I forget the exact situation, but they're just asking him about Norman Powell, when he might return. And so he said he's going to be out a little bit longer. Uh, he has missed the last uh, six straight games with a shoulder injury. Um, you know, if we're going to really try and scrutinize a very brief quote, I would imagine probably a couple weeks, and then he'll be back uh, sometime within that time frame. Um, but again, that's just my assumptions on a very brief, out-of-context quote. So... Uh, we'll we'll keep you updated on that. Uh, Norman Powell, of course, a big part of the Clippers' uh, success when they've been successful. And then a couple items for the Kings. Firstly, some some bad news, uh, although certainly could have been worse. So in a way, it's good to see that things are not as severe as they could have been. Uh, we mentioned Kevin Herter left that game. Their win in Brooklyn against the Nets uh, left after just a few minutes of game action uh, with a hamstring injury. But fortunately, he had an MRI on that, and uh, that came out clean he's more day-to-day with that type of injury probably more of just a um you know sore or strain or something you know similar to that effect so he's day-to-day you know probably won't take him out of too many games if it does take him out of games so that's good to hear uh, but then also some some even greater news for the kings they've officially clinched their first winning season since 2006 uh just to can, another note on that page of this being such a resurgent year and such a, a feel-good story for the Sacramento Kings, uh, the Beam team, you know it's it's a, it's awesome to see that. Uh, again, they they have with that win last night in Brooklyn, they clinched their 42nd victory of the season. And again, even if they lost every game for the rest of the season, they would still finish 42 and 40. Uh, so that's fantastic that they have clinched that winning season. Finally, uh, a disciplinary note for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Dylan Brooks has been fined $35,000 for a unsportsmanlike act. Uh, specifically, he uh, reportedly shoved a camera person while he was pursuing a loose ball. Um, I haven't seen the clip myself. Not sure the exact, um, you know, specifics of that situation. Uh, that was during Wednesday's loss in Miami against the Heat. 
Uh, so he's been fined $35,000 for that incident. Um, with that, that takes care of our key news. We've done our game summaries. Um, again, very brief show for you. We're just, you know, getting ramped up for the weekend of action, both college and professional. And uh, speaking of professional action this weekend, let's get into those games. All of the times that I will give you for these games are in Eastern Standard Time. So just keep that in mind as you're planning uh, what games you want to check out this weekend. Firstly, on Saturday, we have eight games total, only one national broadcast. That's on NBA TV at 8 o'clock. The Golden State Warriors in Memphis against the Grizzlies. The uh, the quote-unquote non-rivalry or, you know, brewing rivalry, depending on which team you ask, is uh, getting another entry in its, uh, you know, recent history. Uh, of course, Steph Curry back for the Warriors. John Morant probably won't be back by that game, um, but... Dylan Brooks versus Draymond Green uh, was great theater the last time these two teams played very recently, so that could be uh, certainly worth paying attention to. Meanwhile, if you want a league pass game to watch out for, I'd give you a, a quote-unquote matinee type game. Uh, at 1 o'clock on league pass, we have the Denver Nuggets in New York against the Knicks. Uh, the biggest stars in the NBA, when they go to New York to play against the Knicks, that's always a draw, but also, you know, this Nuggets team has struggled a little bit lately, although Jokic has still been producing at a high level. Uh, seeing what the Knicks can do, a team that's also had some recent struggles uh, in that matchup, that could be great. Uh, so that should be another great one to watch out for. On Sunday, we have another eight-game slate, and again, only one national broadcast. That's on NBA TV at 8 o'clock. The Milwaukee Bucks play host to the Toronto Raptors. Um, should be a pretty good game. I mean, Siakam versus Giannis. Uh, two versatile forwards, lanky forwards, uh, who can do a lot of things for their teams. Uh, interesting co-stars, of course, the Bucks, uh, a little bit more sad of a team than the Raptors, but maybe the Raptors are going to be extra motivated as they make their own play-in type of push as the season comes to a close. That should be a great one to watch out for. And then uh, another game to consider, league pass at 9 o'clock, uh, so tipping off just an hour after that Raptors-Bucks game. The L.A. Clippers go into Portland to play the Trailblazers. Um, there's some small storylines as far as, um, you know, former players for the Clippers playing for the Trailblazers and vice versa, but more so um, both teams are trying to strengthen playoff position. Right now the Trailblazers are on the outside looking in. Clippers are on the inside and trying to stay inside, not be forced out by a team like Portland or, or you know, any other team. So, so that'll be a great storyline to watch out for there. Finally, on Monday, we have six games total. Yet again, only one national broadcast. Yet again, it's on NBA TV. This time it's at 8 o'clock as the Memphis Grizzlies play host to the Dallas Mavericks. Um, should be a good one. Again, that is the possible return date for John Morant. Um, from what I've seen, it will likely be past that game that he, he makes his eventual return to action. But there is a chance that he plays. So definitely, you know, stay tuned to the chatter around that game, you know, keep it on your radar because he might return to action in that game. Uh, regardless, you know, hopefully for the Mavericks, they're able to see the return of their stars, uh, Luka Doncic and or Kyrie Irving. Uh, if you haven't heard, they've been without the game, without them for the last, uh, you know, few games. So that's definitely tough for them to, you know, get consistent wins without their two-star players. So hopefully they're able to make a return uh, for them. Should be a good one to watch out for. And then finally, uh, one more game to consider, similar to Sunday's games, 
the second game on League Pass is just an hour after, tips off an hour later than that Mavericks-Grizzlies game. But that one is the Utah Jazz playing host to the Sacramento Kings. Um, of course, I have a touch of bias being a Jazz fan and also, you know, rooting for the Kings for the sake of their fan base and what they've been able to do this season. You know, their players having some success. But um, outside of that, it's it should be a good matchup. You know, the Kings have pretty much solidified their playoff type of position. Barring, you know, the biggest collapse we've seen in NBA, perhaps NBA history, that team should be a top four type of seed in the West uh, very confidently. Meanwhile, for the Jazz, they are currently outside of the play-in picture, looking in, trying to uh, string some consistent wins together to slide into that spot. So uh, two teams with totally different outlooks in that Western playoff picture, that really hectic playoff picture. Can the Jazz get a crucial win that would really help their uh, efforts going forward? Will the Kings simply maintain what they've done for the whole season? Uh, will they, you know, get a quote-unquote easy win against a team that's been underperforming this season? That'll be one to watch out for. Of course, I'm rooting for the Jazz, but I, you know, it it'll be interesting. I think those that'll be a great game. And honestly, all of these games have uh, some intrigue of their own, especially as we get closer to the end of the season, closer to that play-in, uh, that play-in tournament and eventual playoff uh, situation. That's going to be great to watch out for. Um, that's it for our game previews for this weekend. I'll go ahead and give you our This Day in History fact before we wrap things up. Going not too far back, this time to 1999. Uh, March 17th of 1999, Atlanta head coach Lenny Wilkins coaches in his 2051st NBA game <clears throat> to surpass Bill Fitch's 2050 games coach to become the NBA's all-time leader in games coached. Um, you know, people forget how long and storied of a career Lenny Wilkins had and how much of a how how integral he was to the fiber of the NBA for so many years. Of course, he started as a player in the early 60s with the, the St. Louis Hawks at the time, uh, was a multiple all-star type of player, one of the better point guards, uh, you know, top two or three point guards in the league at that time. Um, you know, could score a little bit, more of a, you know, true point guard distributing the ball, great player in his own right. In the, you know, back half of his career, he becomes a player coach for much of his seasons, either with uh, Seattle or with Portland. After he retires, he becomes full-time head coach for the Supersonics, wins a championship in 79, and he's a consistent head coach for much of the remainder of that time. Seattle, uh, Atlanta here noted as a big one. In between that, Cleveland, I coached in Toronto, you know, so he was a big part of the NBA fabric for much of his career. And, uh, Certainly got to recognize him and his what he meant to the game and the league uh, whenever we can. So that's our This Day in History fact for you. We want to thank you all for listening. Um, again, enjoy this weekend of action. If you want to check out our Instagram page, that's Crossover Across Time, all one word on Instagram. We share content from the show along with doing our best to share content from across the NBA. So it's a great place in addition to the podcast to keep up with what's going on in the NBA as a whole. Uh, thank you again for listening. We'll be back with you on uh, Monday's show where we will do our game summaries from the, the weekend's action, give you the latest news, get you updated on the playoff picture, uh, and then go through our you know week preview, the games for next week that are worth paying attention to, along with our power rankings and our weekly MVP. Uh, so that'll be a great show to watch out for, as, uh, as we hope every show is uh, on this podcast. Thank you again for listening. And we'll be back with you on Monday's show.